I trust that you come to hear from God because who else comes to church and not want to hear from the Lord, right? But I believe that God has some words for us tonight. I believe that God is going to encourage us. I believe the word is going to strengthen us. I believe that God, thank you, Brendan. I believe that God is going to do a wonderful thing here tonight. So let's pray and then we'll get right into the word tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're about to do here tonight. Lord God, have your way and do your will. Let the Holy Spirit have free reign tonight, Lord God. Let the Holy Spirit begin to move and speak into our hearts. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that the words will come alive. We thank you, Father God, that the word will come alive in us. We thank you, Father God, for giving us revelation and understanding of your perfect will. Lord, thank you, Lord, as we have ears to hear and open up our hearts, Lord God, as we get ready to hear with an attitude of expectation. And Lord, for this, we thank you. In your precious son's name, we pray. Amen and amen. There were two friends who were walking on a very busy street in New York. One of them was a businessman. The other one was a Native American. And as they were walking along this very busy street, the Native American stopped suddenly. And he said, listen, and the businessman says, listen, for what? And the Native American says, don't you hear it? And the businessman says, hear what? And the Native American says, crickets. And the businessman says, I don't hear any crickets. And so the Native American was helping his friend hear what he heard. He said, oh, they're loud. Just listen. Don't you hear it? By this time... The businessman was a little agitated, and he says, I don't hear any crickets. And so the Native American began looking around, and there on the side, he saw a cricket. And he walks over, and he picks up the cricket. And the businessman was shocked. He couldn't believe that with all the noise around them, all the cars and traffic and all the people talking, and he couldn't believe that he was able to hear a cricket. And he says to the, to the Native American, I can't believe you did that. And so the Native American, in order to prove his point, grabbed some change in his pocket, and he threw it on the ground. And 20 people stopped to look in the ground. And then he said these words to his businessman friend. He says, you will always hear what you're tuned into. And he says to the businessman, because you're a businessman, You'll always, you're tuned into money, so you're always going to hear a penny drop. I'm tuned into nature, so I'm always going to hear crickets. The reason why so many Christians miss the still small voice of God is because they're not tuned in. When you tune in to a particular station on your radio, you're making an adjustment on your receiver to, a, to the desired frequency. In order for us to be able to hear from the Lord, we're going to have to make some adjustments to who or what we're listening to in order to get to his frequency. And if you're not hearing from God, it could be that you might have to ask yourself some questions. And the question is, what am I tuned into and what adjustments do I have to make? 
And tonight I want to talk to you about, well, let me, let me just say this. There's a song that I used to love to hear. It's an old gospel song. And the, and the song, the title of the song is, We Need a Word from the Lord. And the chorus goes like this. We need a word from the Lord, a word from the Lord. Just one word from the Lord will remove all the doubts. Will cause the sun, uh, the sun to, uh, to shine and give me peace of mind. Speak, Lord. Speak. And that's what I want to talk to you about. The title of this message tonight is A Word from the Lord. Because understand that we, need, we all need to hear from God. This much we know for certain. We all need to hear a word from the Lord. How many of you believe that? Because understand this, that in your Bibles, and mine as well, you'll notice that there's a page between the Old Testament and the New Testament. But in reality, what that page represents is 400 years of silence. Understand that 400 years have gone by without a word from the Lord. The last book in the Bible was the book of Malachi, which represents the last words that God had shared and, and, and spoken to his people. And then 400 years later, they had heard not a word. Imagine not hearing a word from the Lord for that many years. Yet the people were waiting to hear from God. From one generation to the next, not a, hurt, not a word was heard for the next four centuries. And that's, that's, I mean, I don't know what that's like to not hear from God. How many have ever heard from God? How many can honestly say you've heard a word from the Lord? But imagine not being able to hear from God for a long time. How many have ever felt like God has gone silent on you? Right? Many of us have. We've all felt that way. You know, you, you, you pray and you're seeking for an answer. You don't get an answer. You're, you're hoping that something's improved, but nothing's improved. And then you begin to wonder, Lord, what's happening? Lord, where are you? What's going on, Lord? And if you felt that way, and I believe a lot of people have felt that way and are still feeling that way, where God has gone silent on them and they've not heard a word from the Lord. And if that's you, you're in good company because even King David spent some time in his life where he had not gone, heard a word from the Lord, where God had gone silent on him. As a matter of fact, he wrote about it in Psalm 22 and verse 2. He says this, Every day I, cry, I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. So even he went through life sometimes without hearing from, from God. And there are times when God goes silent. And keep in mind, this is what I want you to understand. Even though God is silent, He's not absent. Understand this. Something going on back there? Oh, okay. All right. I thought maybe I was doing something wrong. <laughs> so there are times when God has gone silent, but that doesn't mean that God is absent. Because God promised to be there with us. He promised to always be working. He also promised to keep his word because that's what he promised us. I like what Joshua said when he led the children of Israel into the wilderness. 
And after conquering the land, I'm not in the wilderness, but the promised land, then conquering the land and then dividing up the land between the tribes. And then after all he did that, he gathered them all together and he reminded them of these words. And these are the words he says, not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. In other words, God keeps his promise. So even though he may be silent, that doesn't mean he's absent. It doesn't mean he's gone AWOL. But God will speak. And that part I want you to understand. God has not gone AWOL, but he always keeps his promise. So yet 400 years have gone by without hearing a word from the Lord. But at the end of 400 years, God finally breaks his silence. And when he breaks his silence, the very first words that he speaks was words that, that indicate the fulfillment of the last promise that he made 400 years ago. And the promise that he had made was that he was going to send the, the, the prophet Elijah to the people. And he also said that this Elijah, this prophet, is going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children's hearts to the fathers. And if you remember Pastor John mentioning that a couple of Sundays ago during Father's Day. And so when he broke his silence, the first person that he went to was the priest Zechariah where he was in the temple offering up incense. And as he was offering up incense, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and began to speak a word for the Lord from the Lord for the first time. And the word that, is, that he spoke to Zechariah was this, you and your wife Elizabeth is going to have a child. And keep in mind that, that both Zechariah and Elizabeth were advanced in years. Also understand that the wife was barren, so she couldn't have a child. That's what the circumstances said. But God said, you will have a child. And then he goes on to say, and your child will be named John. And he will come in the spirit and power of Elijah. And he will come and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, which is what he promised 400 years earlier. So it's amazing how God keeps a promise. And after 400 years, he keeps that promise. You know, I don't know how long you've been waiting for God to keep a promise, but understand that he will keep that promise. Even if... <laughs> I, I don't encourage anybody to wait for 400 years, but, but God will keep that promise. And then when he, then he appeared to Mary. And of course, Mary at the time was engaged to Joseph. And she was probably making wedding, wedding plans for her, you know, for her wedding coming up and everything else. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to her and spoke God's word. She received a word from the Lord. And that word was that she will receive a son. And that son is God's son. And that he will be named Jesus and he will be the savior of the world. So these are God's word. But here, there's a lesson to be learned here. Because even though we've not heard from the Lord, even though he, God has gone silent on us, understand this, that, that you, don't have to, you don't have to hold your breath for God to speak. You don't have to go to some ritual or light candles or anything like that to, to, for God to break his silence. You don't have to climb some mountain and sing Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya, for God to break his silence. No, the secret, the key here is this, to keep your mind and your heart tuned in to God, tuned in to his voice. Even when you're going through your daily responsibilities and your daily affairs, because understand this, God is able to interrupt your day with a word from the Lord. How many have ever felt like you know, you're going through life and you're going through the, uh, your, your daily routine, 
you're working or whatever, and all of a sudden you hear a word from God. How many have ever experienced that? So that goes to show you that God does interrupt your day with a word. So God may go silent, but he'll, when, when has, God has something to say to you, he will speak to you in his time. But always be ready to hear from the Lord because God may break his silence at any time because you will always hear what you're tuned into. And God will not stay silent for long. So I want you to go to John chapter 10 and verse 2. Because now that God has broken his silence, every born-again believer should be able to hear and receive a word from the Lord. But the only thing is, is that we, we, we need to be able to recognize that voice. We need to recognize his word. You know, we live a very busy life. Our life is hectic. There are things going on all the time, and, and it seems like we don't have time for anything. And it's very hard sometimes to hear God's voice. And when we hear God's voice, it's hard for us to recognize whether it's him or not. But the Bible says in, in John chapter 10, and look in verse 2, Jesus said these words. He says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse 3, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, verse 4, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And it's interesting to know that the shepherd from the east actually give names to their sheep like we give names to dogs. And the sheep know and recognize the familiar voice of the shepherd when they call their name. And even when the sheep are mingled up with other sheep from other shepherds, when they hear that familiar voice and hear their name, they separate themselves from the rest of the sheep and follow their shepherd. It's, a, it's amazing. But we ought to be like sheep as well and recognize <clears throat> God's voice. We need to understand that and, and understand this, that when the sheep follow they don't respond to any other voice or pay attention to any other voices because they know the voice of the shepherd. And we need to understand and recognize the voice of the chief shepherd, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So we know that there are many voices all around us. Voices that distract us. Voices that are hard to ignore and hard to, to, uh, to get away from. And let me just say this. Social media is the loudest and the most difficult to ignore. How many of you would agree with that? But there are voices out there that are trying to draw our attention away and, and our focus away from what's really important. And again, I tell you that we live such a busy life. And sometimes the daily affairs takes over our lives and cause us to, you know, to, to do the things and take away our time. Because, you know, we talk about, I wish I had time to read a book, or I wish I had time to do this, or I wish I had time to, to, to garden or, or plant a flower or whatever. But sometimes life gets in the way and, get, and, and allows us not to or, or prevents us from spending quality time doing the things that we want to do. But we can't allow that to happen because it can be distracting and taking us away from what God wants us to do. But not only are there voices that we hear on a daily basis that distract us, but there are other voices that we need to contend with that are just as loud and just as distracting. 
And those voices are from within. I'm talking about voices of doubt. I'm talking about voices of uncertainties. I'm talking about voices of fear and worry. I'm talking about voices of depression and despair. These things can also bog us down and take our focus and attention away from God. But even in the midst of all those noise, Jesus said that my sheep know my voice. So like a sheep, we must be able to hear and recognize the voice of the great shepherd in the midst of all the noise that we hear every day of our lives. But understand this and make no mistake about it. God does speak. When Jesus says in John 10, 3, for the sheep hear his voice, this implies that the voice that we're hearing is his voice speaking to us. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, sometimes I stand in awe thinking about a great, mighty, infinite, holy God, a creator of heaven and earth who wants to talk to me. He wants to talk to me because God is a relational God. The reason why he sent Jesus down, uh, down to earth was to remove the obstacle that kept us separated from God. And that obstacle was sin. And when sin was removed, God was able to restore us back together and reconcile us back to himself and have relationship and fellowship. But what's fellowship without communication? God wants to speak to us. There are things that he wants to say to us. There are things that he wants to show us. There are things that he wants us to know. There are things that he wants us to do. And there are people that he wants us to reach. But God wants to speak to us. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 5. Look at verse 24. When God had appeared to uh, Moses, God told Moses, I want you to gather up all the people and I want you to have them stand by the foot of the mountain. I don't want you, them to touch the mountain. I just want them to get close enough at the foot and I, because I want to come down and I want to speak to them face to face. This was God speaking now. And he wants to speak to his people face to face. But this was a very terrifying experience for God's people because when he came down, there was smoke, there was fire. And when he spoke, the voice sounded like thunder and it just scared them. And they said, Moses, from now on, when God wants to speak, let him speak to you. And then you relay the message to us. And so Moses began to remind them of what was done and what, what they experienced in verse 24. And this is what he said. And you said, surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness. And we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. And we have seen this day that God speaks with man, yet he still lives. The experiences that they had was, number one, God's greatness. They saw God's, uh, uh, God's glory. But more importantly, they experienced God's speaking to them. The fact that God spoke to them and still lived to tell about it was amazing. And so this is the, the point here is this, that God does speak. Now look at Hebrews chapter 1. Look at verses 1 and 2. The scripture says that God, who at various times in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. So we see here that in, in past times, God spoke to his prophets in many different ways. 
and at different times. When God spoke to the prophets, oftentimes it was, um, it was through visions and through dreams. And the thing is, too, is that God doesn't speak to each of the prophets the same way. To uh, Isaiah, he spoke to him in a vision. To, uh, to Abraham, he spoke face to face. To Moses, he spoke in a fire. So sometimes God will speak in dreams and visions. Sometimes God will speak in other physical manifestations like smoke and fire. Sometimes God will speak through an angel. But God spoke to these prophets. And it's interesting because whenever God's people heard from God, it was always through men like Samuel, like Moses, like Malachi, like Elijah. As a matter of fact, the scriptures, more than 3,000 times you find in the scriptures where the words, thus saith the Lord, or its equivalent, are found. Again, I'm saying that God does speak. And then he says in these, in this, these last days, which refers to the church age, God spoke through his son. So God is not only speaking today, but he's also speaking through his son. And God speaks today, even now, through his son. Look at Revelations chapter 3. Look at verse 20. A very familiar passage of scripture. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Now, this was written in the present tense, indicating that God was speaking to us today through his son. As a matter of fact, these were words of Jesus that appeared to the Apostle John in the book of Revelations. This was way after his resurrection and way after his ascension. This is when he was at the Father's right hand, speaking to us. And the Lord Jesus is speaking to us today. So I, I, want you, I really want you to get a hold of this because... God is speaking, and there are some people who don't believe that, even Christians, sadly to say, but they don't believe that God speaks. And uh, I'm, I'm, I pray that if that's you, that after the, at the end of this message, at the end of this service, you'll be able to walk away believing that God does speak. So, Revelation 3.20 says, If anyone hears my voice, saying that we have the ability to hear his voice, if we have ears to hear. In other words, if we are tuned in to his voice. Now the question is, how do we stay tuned in to God? How do we stay tuned in to his voice? We know, again, as I mentioned to you earlier, we, we, live, in, you know, we live busy lives. We're, we're constantly being pulled every which way but loose. In every direction, constantly busy. And it's very hard to hear the word from the Lord in such a busy time. But one of the most effective ways to be tuned in and stay tuned in to God is by getting away by ourselves. How many of you believe that? Look at Ezekiel chapter 3 and look at verse 22. It says, then the hand of the Lord was upon me there. And he said to me, arise, go out into the plain, and there I will talk with you. Now, God had something to say to the prophet Ezekiel. But in order for God to talk to him, he had to go to a solitary place, the plain, where there was no distraction and no noise. There was a story about this boy who lost his watch in a classroom. It was a very valuable watch. His parents bought it for his birthday. 
And so he was in panic and he was looking throughout the classroom, looking and searching for this watch. He searched diligently throughout the classroom and went through all the desks and he couldn't find it. And one of his classmates who was standing there happened to overhear that he had lost his watch and he had looked and searched and couldn't find it. So this classmate waited for everyone to leave the classroom and when everyone was, had left, after a few minutes he came out with the watch. And the boy was amazed and wondered, how did you find my watch? I, I looked everywhere and I couldn't find it. And the classmate says to him, well, after I waited for everyone to leave and when I was alone, I closed the door. Then I lay down on the ground, on the floor, and I stay real still. And then I heard the ticking of the watch. And that's how I was able to find your watch. The question is not whether God speaks, but whether we get alone and are quiet enough and still enough to hear from God. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 46 and verse 10, be still and know that I'm God. In Psalm 4:4, he says, meditate within your heart on your beds and be still. But when we're by ourselves, it is very easy to hear from God. Because there are no distractions, there are no noise. When God first appeared to Zechariah, Zechariah was in the temple by himself. When God appeared to, to, uh, to Mary, and Mary received a word from the Lord, it was when she was by herself. When God spoke to Moses and had a word for him, Moses was out in the field or in the wilderness by himself. When God called David, David was out in the field by himself. When God spoke to Daniel, Daniel who often gets by himself three times a day to pray, and God was able to speak to him and show him great things. So being by yourself is so effective. But the problem is this. Many of us make an effort to get by ourselves to hear from God. But what happens is that a lot of us don't go in and and get along with God expecting to hear from him. Many of us don't even believe that God will speak. And sometimes when we we'll get along with God after a few minutes and we don't hear from God, then we're tired and we, we want to just call it a day. In other words, we don't give God enough time to speak to us. But if we allow ourselves to get alone, and listen, let me encourage you that when you get along with God, don't wait till five or ten minutes and then quit. But stick around. Because sometimes when it comes to, again, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm trying not to do that. But sometimes getting along with God can be a journey. Sometimes it may take a while. <laughs> again, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Look at Habakkuk chapter 2. Go to Habakkuk. Chapter 2 and verse 1. Sometimes we need to position ourselves better to hear from God. In Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1, it says this, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he would answer my complaint. Now the prophets were often represented in the Old Testament as watchmen who are constantly watching over God's people. But they were also watchmen because they waited and watched for a word from the Lord. 
And the watchtower represents a solitary place. But what I want you to see here is uh, Habakkuk's attitude. He not only was willing to go by himself to a solitary place, but he was willing to wait to hear from the Lord. In other words, he was willing, to, even though he didn't know how long he was going to wait, but he waited with expectation. There was an attitude of expectation that he was going to hear from God. There was no if, ands, or buts. Listen to what he says. I will wait to see what the Lord says, not if the Lord will say. There was no if in his speech. He knew and expected God to speak to him, so he was willing to wait with the attitude of expectation. And that's something we all need to do. That we wouldn't, I mean, why get along with God if you're not willing to wait? Why wait on God if you're not willing to give him the time to speak to us? Because understand that God wants to speak to you. God has a word for you. But you've got to be willing to have enough attitude of faith, believing that God will speak to you. So we have to be intentional about being positioned in such a way by developing an attitude or adjusting our attitude, believing that God will speak to you when you get along with him. Habakkuk stationed himself on the watchtower with a willingness to wait on the Lord and with an expectation to hear from the Lord. So, and as I mentioned to you, hearing from God can be a journey. Even Habakkuk understood that because even in chapter 1 and verse 2, he cried out to God and he also experienced moments of silence from God. But he cried out and says, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear. But yet in the second chapter, we find out that he was willing to wait on him anyways, no matter how long it took. Because understand the heart of God responds to those who seek him. And this may take some time. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, but from, but from there you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all of your heart and soul, you will find him. So Habakkuk was willing to go on a journey, willing to wait for as long as it took to hear from the Lord because he believed that he would hear from God. And so again, I encourage you that when you get along with the Lord, let us not give up after five or ten minutes. But show your faith by staying a while. Be willing to go on a journey and be willing to wait and expect to see what God, what God says or what God does. So being tuned in to God, it's not just getting alone and staying quiet, but also having an attitude of expectation. Because when you, when you go before God and you believe that he's going to speak to you, that faith will encourage God to speak into your lives. But if you lack faith, if you, if you lack trust, if you're going there not believing that God's going to speak to you, you're wasting your time and you're certainly wasting God's time. Go to Hebrews chapter 1 once again. Let's look at verses 1 and 2 once again. Verses 1 says, God who at various times in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. I believe that God can speak to us through dreams and visions. But God will also speak to us by his Spirit. Now, Jesus is the one speaking to us now. And it's the Spirit of Jesus that lives within us that speaks to us. That's where the still small voice comes. 
Sometimes it comes through impressions. Sometimes it comes through a sense. Or sometimes it comes through a still small voice from within. But I also believe that God can speak through his spirit through others. Like from the pulpit or through some mature believers. And you know, there are many Christians out there who believe that they're speaking for God in others' lives. But that's not always the case. And this is where we need to be careful because this is where the Spirit of God gives us discernment to let us know whether what God is, what the words are coming to us is whether it's of God or not of God. I remember several years ago, I was called up at a church meeting and this person was, begin, was speaking into people's lives. And, uh, and when he called me up, now I was sitting in the back, and he pointed me and said, the gentleman with a such and such address or whatever, come on up. So I went up, and he began to speak to me. The first question he asked me was this, do you sing? Now, yes, I do sing, but that doesn't mean I sing very well. And so I told him, well, I mean, I sing, but I'm not a great singer. And he says, well, I feel like the Lord, I, I see that God's going to use you to make millions. And it involves music. And he's, I see him, I see you involved in, in, in overseeing large production, large musical productions and, and all this other things. And, and you're going to be a millionaire. Now, of course, when you hear that, you know, you get excited because who don't want to be a millionaire? But I already knew that that was not of God. Because number one, I love music, but I'm not that good, you know, into music where, you know, I want to make music or produce music or whatever. That was never something I've ever thought about. And I'm not definitely musically inclined. But when you receive a word like that from someone who claims that it was a word from God. And in your spirit, you're saying, no, that's not God. And so you've got to be careful with things like that. But see, this is where the Spirit of God comes in. This is where the Spirit of God is so helpful to us because He speaks to us through His Spirit in us, through others, but He always speaks, He always chooses vessels that are mature in the things of God, who are strong in the things of God, who are sensitive to the things of God. Anybody else who are not as sensitive, not as, uh, as mature, or, or doesn't have a right heart, those are vessels that God will not use. However, there are people who still will speak and claim that they're speaking God's word. And all they're doing is giving you a bunch of fruit flakes and nuts. And that's about all you're going to get. But when you know it's from God, the spirit of God will let you know. That's when you, you get this sense in you that says, yeah, that feels right. That feels right. And you'll know that you know. But there's another way that God does speak to us. And the most effective. We all know that when, when planes take off, they all need uh, uh, what they call a control tower. And these are folks that can see things that pilots cannot see. Pilots have a very limited vantage point. They can't see above them. They can't see below them. And even with all the instruments on the plane, they can't see the air traffic ahead of them. And they can't see the weather conditions uh, that, that can affect their flight plans. However... There are these folks in the control tower that can see things that the pilots cannot see and because of their limited vantage point. Well, God's word is like the control tower for every Christian. 
Like the pilot, we also have a very limited vantage point. But God's word can communicate to us the spiritual things or supernatural things that you and I cannot see. And again, this is a wonderful thing about God's word because even though we cannot see it, God's word can. And we need eyes that you and I don't have. And God's word is, is what helps us you know, because God has a great vantage point. And God can communicate that information to us through his word. So the primary way that God speaks to us is not only from his spirit within us or his spirit through others, but primarily through his word. And that's why the Bible is so important. And too many people take the Bible for granted because God's word is the standard by which we're able to uh, confirm and judge what we hear from God. The word of God is no ordinary book, but it is a supernatural word of God to us. The words in the Bible that we read is the living word of a living God. <clears throat> Every time you sit down and open up your Bible, you're, you're, you're giving God the opportunity to speak into your lives. You're giving God the opportunity to show you great and mighty things. Because God speaks to you. When Christians say that the Bible speaks to them, it's just another way of saying that God speaks to them through the word, through the scriptures. Look at 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2 and look at verse 13. Paul writes, for this reason we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. These were Paul's message of the gospel that the, the, the Thessalonian church received for what it really was, direct communication from God. They didn't see it any other way but the fact that it was God speaking directly to them. As a, uh, go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Here's another proof that God does speak to us through the scriptures. Verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, or God breathe, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Whenever God wants to instruct you about something to do what is right, he's going to do that through his word. Whenever God wants to correct you and straighten you out, he does that through his word. Whenever God wants to reprove and convict us and reveal the things that are wrong in our lives, he does that through his word. And whenever God wants to teach us what is true, he does that through his word. God's word is profitable because it increases our chances for success. And the inspired words that are from God is also profitable, profitable because it is described as being alive and powerful in Hebrews 4 and verse 12. You don't need to turn there, but the scripture says, For the word of God is quick or alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The, the scriptures are so alive, so powerful, so effective, and so active that the scriptures are described in the Bible as a hammer to convict us of sin and any wrongdoing in our lives. The scriptures are so powerful and active that is described as fire that is able to refine us by removing the impurities or any unwanted elements in our lives. 
The scriptures also describe as a lamp to guide us and, and to, uh, like a control tower that guides pilots who are in flight. The scriptures are also described as a power that increases and encourages our faith so that we can face whatever challenges come our way. The scriptures are also described as food to nourish us, to nourish us spiritually, to help us to grow and to mature so that we can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So the scriptures are not just printed words on paper, but they are God's word speaking to us. They're alive, they're effective, and they are powerful. And they come from God. And it's God speaking to us directly. Jesus understood also that the scripture spoke to us. Look at John chapter 5 and look at verse 39. Jesus encountered some Jewish teachers. Now, the Jewish teachers during that time devoted their lives to studying and, and, and knowing the scriptures. They believed that by knowing and studying the scriptures that they would gain eternal life. What Jesus was telling them in verse 30 or verse 39, he says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and these are they which testify of me. In other words, what Jesus was telling them is that, listen, you're studying the scriptures and you're knowing the scriptures thinking that you're going to gain eternal life, but you're completely missing the fact that the very thing in the scriptures, the very scriptures testify of the source of eternal life. In other words, what he was simply telling them is the scriptures are speaking to you, saying that I am the Messiah, that Jesus is the one who come to save. We don't want to be like the Jewish teachers that study the scriptures and completely miss the message. And that's what happened with these Jewish leaders, these Jewish teachers. They knew the scriptures, but they missed the Savior. You know, you have many Christians who study the scriptures, who know the word, who can quote scriptures. But they completely miss God speaking to them. Completely miss the message. And we don't want to be like that. The Bible is invaluable because it's about God. The Bible is valuable because they are words of God. If you remove the word of the Lord from the Bible, then it's no different than any other book. But the heart and value of the Bible is the word of the Lord. I, I, want, I want to be able to change the way you read your Bible. I want, I want to be able to change how you do your devotional time. I want to be able to change how, what your attitude would be when you take the time to open up the Bible. Because when you do that, you're in fellowship with God. And you're giving God the opportunity to speak into your lives. I don't want you to go into the Bible, to, to your room and, and have your devotion and just gain a bunch of knowledge and understanding. What I want you to do is take the time to read the Bible and let the Bible read you. Let the Bible speak to you. And take the time to listen to what God is saying. The Bible is God's voice speaking to us today. Now, Go to John chapter 10, look at verse 27. Whenever we hear his voice, whether it's by his spirit within us, whether it's by his spirit through others, or whether it's through the word of God, we are to be hearers and not, we're not to be hearers only, but doers and followers of what we hear. What's the point of hearing from God if you're not going to respond to his words? John 10 and verse 27, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. 
and I know them, and they follow me. The sheep hear the voice, but they don't just hear the voice. They respond to the voice by following the shepherd. All believers are required to know his voice, but also to respond to his voice. Look at Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Jesus says this, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Following the Lord is to be a daily and ongoing experience. You know, when, when Zechariah first heard from God about having a son, Zechariah responded to the word of the Lord by going home and spending quality time with his wife because soon after they had a child. When God spoke to Mary and she received the word from the Lord, she quickly responded to the word by submitting to the Lord when she said, I am the Lord's servant, may it be to me as you have said. If we're not hearing from the Lord and responding to him, let me ask you this question. How can we fulfill his purpose? If we're not responding to his word, then how can we complete his assignment for the day? Or if we're not responding to his word or to heed his warnings, how can we avoid making bad decisions or, or putting ourselves in a bad situation if we don't respond to his word? I believe that many Christians get themselves in so many bad situations simply because they miss the word of God. And I believe that there are many people who, who are in a bad situation and you wonder why. And it could be that perhaps maybe they missed the word of the Lord. Maybe they failed to respond to the word. Let me give you an example. About two or three Sundays ago, uh, myself and a couple of our youth leaders, uh, Ken and, uh, and Kevin Dakin, we took some boys out. We took them out, our D12 graduates. And uh, we took them out to Newport, through the cliff walk. Then we went to the park and we had a cookout there and, you know, we just tossed some football and the kites and everything else. It was a wonderful time. And then we went back and got to Swansea, got some ice cream, and then finally came back to the church. I had to go back into the building through the office side because I had to stop and pick up something in the office. And so as I was going in, three of the boys followed me because they, they had to use the bathroom. So they went, did their thing. I was in my office doing my thing. And I was done doing it, so I was waiting for the boys to finish. And then the boys came out of the bathroom, went out. But there was still one other boy who was still in the gym playing basketball, shooting some hoops. So I went in there to tell them, okay, guys, listen, I'm getting ready to lock up. So, you know, let's, let's, let's go. So as he was going out the door, I went to the back and shut the lights off. And I came out. There was nobody in the building. So as I was getting ready to set the alarm, all of a sudden a word from the Lord came, spoke to me. And the word said, check the bathroom. So, I was here by the, uh, the alarm, and what I did was I, I was still, very still, and I listened to see if I hear any ruffling or rustling in, in the bathroom. I heard nothing. So I said, well, let me just call out. Is anybody there? I heard nothing. So, I assumed that there was nobody there. So I set the alarm, and I walk out the building. A few seconds later, one of the boys came out, out of the building after me, setting off the alarm. Now, 
course, you know, everything was went, no harm was done, everything else, you know, and we went to make the necessary calls to the people and so the police won't come and waste their time. But had I listened to the word of the Lord, had I responded to the word of the Lord by going to the bathroom and checking to see if there was anybody in there, I would have saw that there was somebody there. But no, the Lord didn't tell me, I want you to listen carefully to see if anybody's in the bathroom. He didn't say, I want you to call out to see if there, anyone, if there was anyone in the bathroom. No, God was very specific about what he wanted me to do. And I failed to respond to his word. And because of that, the alarm got set. <laughs> that was my fault. Because I failed to hear or respond to the word of the Lord. Do you see how important it is to respond to God's word? Now, again, there was no great consequences. But for some people, sometimes when we, res- when we don't respond there could be some grave consequences. And I, I mean, I don't want to sh- see a show of hands, but how many of us had made some bad decision that we knew we shouldn't have done and suffered the consequences? Even though we heard that God said, don't do it. You know, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and tell you, don't do it. But sometimes we ignore the voice of the Lord. But there are consequences when we dismiss or ignore or reject his voice. Go to Hebrews chapter 3. <coughs> Look at verse 7. The, the writer of this book wrote this at the time when <coughs> excuse me, the Hebrew Christians were on the verge of leaving and turning away from Christ and going back into Judaism and to the law. And so he gives them these warnings. He says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. Now, what he was talking about, he was referring to the children of Israel. They were being led by Moses into the wilderness. And they were constantly provoking God to anger because of their unbelief, because of their rebellion and their disobedience. And because they failed to respond to God's word, they all failed to enter into the promised land. And they all wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and they all died in the wilderness. This was the first generation There are consequences when we don't respond to his word. And the writer of Hebrew was saying, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. When a person hardens their hearts, it's not something that comes overnight. It's over a process of time. When we continue to dismiss or reject God's word, when we continue not to respond to his word, when we continue to disobey him, It's very easy for our hearts to become calloused over time to the point where now we don't respond to God at all. And this is what the writer was warning the the, the the Hebrew Christians. He says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart like those in the wilderness. Let me give you another example. Go to Judges chapter 6. Look at verse 11 and 12. Gideon received the word from the Lord at the time when he really needed to hear it. He and God's people were, uh, were going through a very terrible time. When the Midianites invaded the land, they took over their, their home, their land, they, they took their livestock, they took away their crops, forcing many of these people to hide in caves. And when the Spirit of God appeared to, to, uh, to Gideon, it was at a time when he was hiding in a wine press, sifting wheat because he was trying to get some food, afraid that if the Midianites found him, they would take his food away and maybe even worse, kill him. 
And so it says here in verse 6, I mean verse 11, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, and I'll skip all that, with the son of Gideon, thresh wheat, threshing wheat in the winepress in order to, to hide it from the Midianites. And then verse 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Okay, that was the word that came to Gideon at a time when he was hiding while threshing wheat. And then in verse 13, look at verse 13. Then Gideon responds by asking this question. Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why then has all these things happened to us? How many have ever prayed that prayer before? Why has all this thing happened to us, Lord? If you say you're with me, why are you, why are you letting this all happen? And he goes on to say, where are all the miracles that we've heard from? Where are, they, where, are they, where are they at? And then he goes on to say, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So now he questioned God, and then he blames God for everything that's gone on. Now, if you go to verse 7, and we're going to find out why Gideon and all of God's people found themselves in this situation. Verse 7 says, And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel. Now they receive a word from the Lord in their time of need, and said that to the, uh, this to them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from, uh, from Egypt, and brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all who oppressed you, and drove them out before you, and gave you their land. God was simply reminding them of all the things that God has done for them, how he delivered them, how he delivered them from, the, from people for oppressing them, and how he, he protected them. Then look at verse 10. God continues to speak. He says, Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But watch this. But you have not obeyed my voice. Gideon asked the question, Lord, if you're with us, why is all this happening to us? And the answer is simply this. Because they did not respond to the voice of the Lord. Could it be that the reason why so many of us are dealing with some stuff or find ourselves in bad situations because we fail to respond to his voice. Look at Jonah. Jonah was another character. Jonah chapter 1. He found himself in a very bad situation. Look at what happened. In verse 1 it says this, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against, against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. Now, God gave him a word. The word was, I want you to go to these people, and I want you to preach to them. I want you to tell them that, that the evil has come up to me, and I'm about to bring judgment upon them, but I want to give them a chance to repent. Now, these were not godly people. These were not Jewish people. These were heathens. They were unbelievers. But yet God wanted to spare them. And he chose Jonah to go to these people. But Jonah's response was this. Verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. 
And he went to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So not only did he not respond to the word, but he also tried to get away from his presence so that he won't do what God had told him to do. When God speaks to us, it's because there's a reason why. There's something important that he wants us to do. There's something important that he wants us to know. When God speaks, he doesn't speak idle words, and he doesn't, waste, he doesn't speak with wasteful chatter. Whenever God speaks, there's a plan and a purpose behind what he says. So every word that he speaks has a specific purpose and a specific reason. The scripture, that's why, listen, if, if we fail to respond, then what we're left with is our own understanding and our own ways. But that's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. There was a reason why God said that. Because our understanding is foolish. But when we obey the word of the Lord, we find that that's the best course of action. Because God knows best. There's something that God wants us to do. Something that God wants us to know. Something that is specific. And he, won't, and he wants you to be involved. And he wants you to respond. Otherwise, why would he speak to you? But here is a word for us. Here's a word from the Lord for us. Those of you watching, those of you here tonight, this is a word from the Lord for you, for us. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25 says this. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more... Shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven? Now those are very strong words. But the writer here is telling us that not to refuse him who speaks. And then he used the children of Israel once again when he says, For they did not escape. In other words, they did not escape the consequences for them respond, not responding or refusing him who speaks. Then he speaks about us today and he says, much more even us today. We will not escape the consequences if we refuse them that speaks to us. So it's so important that when we hear God's word, when we hear a word from the Lord, when God breaks his silence and begins to speak to you, it's important that we not only hear but respond to what he's saying. Because understand that there's blessing. There are blessings when we respond to his word. Look at Revelations chapter 1 and verse 3. Revelations 1, 3 says this, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Everybody wants to be blessed. Everybody wants to be fulfilled. Everyone wants to be satisfied. But the state of being blessed and satisfied is when we read when we hear and we keep or respond to his words. Everyone wants to hear a word from the Lord. We all need to hear from God because that's how he's able to sustain us. That's how he's able to sustain us through life's journey. We need a word from the Lord to make right decisions. We need a word from the Lord to have a peace or assurance. 
We need to have a word from the Lord to make sure that we're going in the right direction. We need a word from the Lord to remove every doubt and fear. We all need to hear from God. And my encouragement to you tonight is when you get along with God, be intentional and come with an attitude of expectation. Believe that God wants to speak to you. Believe that God wants to uh, uh, bring a word into your life. And be willing to wait. Be willing to go on this journey. And believe and expect to hear a word from the Lord. In your daily life, in your, when you're at work or, or at home or whatever, be always ready and tuned in to what God has to say because God will also interrupt your daily uh, affairs in order to speak a word. When you open up your Bibles, I don't, I don't want you to ever take your Bibles for granted. But I want you to see your Bible as God's spoken word to you. So that when you open it, you're giving God free course and free, uh, the freedom to speak into your life. And say what he needs to say, whether it's correct you, whether it's to teach you, whether it's to instruct you, whether it's to reveal, reveal things about you or revealing things about your purpose in life. You'll never be able to get to understand God and what he wants for you if you don't take the time to heed his word and to be tuned in to what God has to say. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your words. We thank you, Father God, that we can look forward to hearing a word from you. Thank you, Lord God, for speaking to our lives. Thank you for making your words clear to us. Thank you, Father God, as you open up our hearts and, and allow us to be sensitive to your voice throughout the day and throughout our daily lives. <clears throat> Help us, Lord God, that as we hear your word, that you give us the courage to respond to your words. Father, we thank you that as we open up the Bible, we come expecting to hear from, from you. To hear your words, to hear what you have to say to us. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we have that opportunity to fellowship with you, to, to converse with you. We have the opportunity and the blessing, Lord God, to hear from you. What a wonderful thing to know, Lord, that, that you want to talk to us. And Lord, we thank you for that. And we give you all the glory and all the praise tonight. In your precious son's name we pray. Amen. Before we release you, let me just ask this question. Those of you here, I'm, I see.